0: Hey, I just wanted to remind you that our next challenge is beginning very, very soon. And in that challenge, if you're looking to monetize your podcast and you want to know exactly where to get started and how to build an offer that is going to be exactly what your audience needs, then you need to join the Podcast Profit Challenge. You can go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge, and it's absolutely free. How many downloads does it take to monetize your podcast? How many episodes does it take to monetize your podcast? How long does it take to monetize your podcast? Well, today I'm going to tell you about a case study of somebody I've been working with and 16 episodes before they earned their first podcast monetization dollars. So hang on, I'll tell you all about their method. So the real question is this how can podcasters like us who've done the work built a following and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway that is the question and this is the answer welcome to podcast monetization secrets hey. hi there welcome to podcast monetization secrets my name is Christy Hostler and I I know you're here because you want to hear about how to monetize podcasts, and that's why I'm here too. I'm the CEO of Team Podcast, and we're a full-service podcast production company, but my jam is helping podcasters figure out the monetization and get their podcasts producing consistent revenue for them month after month after month. And so, if you're like most podcasters, and even the ones I've worked with, you've probably already paid your dues. You've probably already put out a bunch of content that's valuable content. Maybe you've been doing it for months, maybe you've been doing it for years, and it is time you figure out this monetization thing. So that's what I'm here to help you do. And I wanted to share today with you uh, a case study, so to speak, of a podcast that we launched about 16 episodes now. It's been about uh, 16 weeks that we've actually we launched with three episodes. So it's only been 13 weeks. So uh, just over one quarter that it took them to monetize their podcast. And they've got it set up so that they can continue to grow it and continue to do this as frequently as they want. So This podcast that I'm going to share with you today and I'm going to tell you about today is not a business podcast. It's more about empowerment. It's more about elevating the target listener and getting them to a point where they feel empowered to also go out and change the world. And so sometimes those podcasts can be a little bit difficult to monetize because inspiration or people not having inspiration or aspiration or or any of those types of things is not really a problem that most people will pay money for. You know what I mean? It's not like you can go, ah, somebody's over here down in the dumps. They just need some more inspiration in their life. So if they'll just pay us $300 a month or whatever the price is, we will give them inspirational content. It doesn't really work that way. So this podcast started And it launched um, right after Christmas in December. And this podcast is about women are the audience. And it's sort of empowering them to be adventuresome. It's empowering them to get out and really live and sort of not be held into the mold of oh you're a wife and you're a mother but like you are an amazing person and you deserve to have amazing adventures you deserve to have amazing impact and that sort of thing so when we launch the podcast this podcast is part of the avatar is a a high identity niche so in other words everyone that is in this target audience like knows it because they describe themselves in the same exact term that the podcast does. So that's definitely a key in making sure your audience knows who you are and who you're creating content for is choose one that has a high identity. And what I mean by that is like, this podcast is for podcasters. And it's not like you don't know if you're a podcaster. And if you have a podcast, you readily claim that identity of a podcaster. So other niches that are similar to that, like if you have, if you are a vegan, uh, vegan is a high identity category. Same thing with like carnivore, a lot of different styles of eating. There's also some other types of high identity, for example, like entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or, you know, grandmothers or moms or, you know, whatever else. So there's, if there's a high identity, Make sure that you put that in the title of your podcast so that your avatar, who also identifies with that, knows that you're creating content for them. So that's number one that that really helped them. Uh, The second thing that we essentially did with this particular podcast is we wanted to begin collecting emails right away we knew that it's a slow slog many times if you're just trying to capture emails from your podcast because most people listen in podcast apps they don't ever visit your website they don't ever do other things but Because this podcast knew that having their audience within their funnel and within their grasp was very important, we knew email opt-ins were going to be extremely important. So what we did to start out with is that we set up a Facebook group, again, with the high identity, same sort of name as the podcast, so that we could then capture the People that are potentially on Facebook that maybe would never listen to the podcast or maybe would never know about the podcast, because here's the thing, if if you're providing content and you're providing resources and you're providing paid events and paid things, paid whatever for this high identity group. You're going to have to find them on the podcast apps. You're going to need to find them on social media channels. You're going to need to find them in your local area. I mean, anywhere they are, your content can apply to. But you have to understand that some people might want to be part of the group, because they identify with it, but they might not be a podcast listener. So even though you guys, if you're listening, have listened very long, you know, the issues I've had personally with Facebook. And this is not a strategy for everyone. But because of this particular group and the uh, identity and the way it was set up, we decided to start a Facebook group. And so the minute We would get people into the Facebook group. One of the things that we did right away is ask them three questions. And one of those questions is What email can we send you notifications about any special events or special things going on for our tribe? Right. And so about 70% of the people that joined the Facebook group essentially gave their email address. So right away, and they did um, something that I highly recommend doing is that they launched their podcast with a live event, inviting all of their network and people that also shared this high associative identity. And so with that being said, they gathered people and they made it public what they were doing. They gathered people around, they gave them a taste of what the podcast was like, they had them there to be able to subscribe to the podcast, they had them there to join the Facebook group, and they were able to get all of those people in their live event to support them in that way and granted it's been covid they've been dealing with that as well and so they might have had a much higher turnout had covid not been an issue and group gatherings and their location where they live um might have been you know a little bit different if they had handled different covid regulations and gatherings and that sort of thing differently but But they made the most of it and they did it anyway. So right away after launching, within like a month of launching their podcast, they already had several hundred people on their email list. Now they started with zero on their email list because these are not people who already had existing email lists or that already had existing businesses, right? So this particular podcast started from zero and now they're at several hundred email addresses on their email uh, on their email list that's win number two so the first win was that they called out their identity in the name and their high identity niche they called it out in the name of their show so their avatar knows they're creating content for them. The second thing they did is immediately set up a Facebook group so they could try to drive as many people in their network, in their listenership, and their audience into the Facebook group because that is where we knew we could capture email addresses. Okay, so let me just say this. Um, as for many of you who want to put up barriers to why you can't be successful or why you've got to do all these things before you launch a podcast, let me also just rem- uh, point out that this podcast does not have a website. So part of the reason and the strategy for driving people to the Facebook group was so that we didn't have to build a website with an opt in on the website, because number one, we didn't want them to spend the money before they had uh, gotten a return on their investment. And number two, we knew that we could do this without a website in order to get You know, get opt-ins and and that sort of thing. So we knew the website is something that's like down the road, it will come, it'll be nice to have and it'll help them build out their business, but it's not a necessary thing. So we use the Facebook group instead. We made that get the email addresses of as many people that are willing to give it to us. So a couple of weeks after, like within a month, they had several hundred on their email list. Now, the second thing that they began doing in order to monetize was they created a live event. And you guys know I am all about live events for a whole lot of different purposes. But because these ladies are sort of adventuresome and they are sort of like a fun podcast where you're like, man, I would love to go do this and hang out with them. What they did is they did a live in-person event. And they made it an event centered around stuff that their audience would love to do. They held it in a location that was near where they live, where they had a pretty decent network. And remember all those people that came to their launch party? Well, now they're signing up for their live event where they could pay a certain amount of money and they could all go and do this live event together. They ended up selling out with just a couple of weeks of promotion. They ended up selling out their live. Live event and that became their first monetization their first taste of monetization and the thing is they could make it a whole lot bigger if they did a virtual event too. So that will probably be something that they will be biting off uh, a little bit later on in their podcast monetization journey. But again, live event where they were, they sold out all the seats, boom, they have monetization. Now I'll tell you, they followed the strategy I gave you in a few episodes back for creating a live event. Remember, I told you they didn't have a website. So they used Eventbrite, they got it out, they used the links within the Eventbrite Platform to sell tickets to their stuff to get the word out there, and that's what they promoted. So we promoted it also to their email list because now we had several hundred people on their email list that could potentially come to this live in person event that they were having. And it wasn't a it wasn't a terribly long event; just several hours in um, on a specific afternoon that they had this live event. So. That is something that many people could replicate. And if you the the biggest thing is just knowing who your avatar is and your identity is that their identity that they can relate to you, then what will happen is you can begin to create events specifically for them and people will respond to that. They will. They'll be like, hey, this sounds like a lot of fun. And it's actually not terribly expensive, so let me go and do this. And so that created their first monetization, but they didn't stop there. Let me tell you something else that they did that was a really cool way to monetize, and it was something that we talked about in the very beginning. Whenever a lot of times people come to me wanting to launch a podcast, they begin talking about getting sponsors and things like that, and I kind of, you know, I, I kind of give them a little bit of para of sort of like think about their avatar and if they are their avatar think about the products the services the companies that they interact with every single day as this avatar and try to figure out which of those companies would want to be able to get in front of your audience of the same avatar, right? And so we weren't, you know, talking about like specifically going out and saying, you know, what would they pay to advertise on our, podcast because it wasn't like they had so many downloads that it was like, oh, a no brainer that they're going to monetize through sponsorships. But what we did is we looked for opportunities where there could be some mutual promotion going on. And so these ladies took the suggestion and they went and ran with it. And so, what they ended up doing is they found a designer that creates a boutique physical product that their audience and their high identity niche loves. Everybody that sees this product within that niche is like, oh my God, you got to tell me where you got that. And then what happens is like one person finds it and then someone else sees it and goes, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Where'd you get that? And next thing you know, they start gifting it to each other. So they had this like gifting (laughs) circle going on with all of their friends because everyone in that high identity group loved the product. So you know what they did? They approached that designer and they said, We love your product and we would like to have you create in partnership with us a special product that will be like our limited edition line or limited edition collection of this product and then we'll use it to help promote each other and then they brought the designer on had her do an interview on her podcast on their podcast and they were able to use that podcast interview as the announcement for this new collection that's coming out limited edition, only available and only being heard about through the podcast and that sort of thing. And they figured out a way to make that win for them by bringing them, you know, a cut of the products that are sold, and then also making it a win for somebody in their niche and in their community that also has that high identity, right? So they're, again, able to, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? So they're able to take what they're doing and elevate other people within their niche, which is like, that's a huge win. So they've just laid the foundation for being able to replicate this again and again and again. And before you know it, they're going to have other collections. I'm sure that they're going to partner with some up and coming designers or product creators and things like that. And it's just been an amazing journey to watch these ladies that started this podcast journey with no following, no email list, no website, no nothing but an idea and a whole lot of optimism, take every single suggestion, take every single piece of strategy we talked about and actually implement and execute it. And the thing is, I didn't do this for them. Like we had conversations about it and we knew ultimately where we wanted to go with them doing events for their audience and then setting things up and then them having partnerships with products and things like that that their niche loves. But they did it all. They took the suggestions and ran with it. And in some ways, I will tell you, they have a little bit of an advantage over a solo podcaster because there are two of them, right? And this is a situation where a co-hosted podcast can really help with your let's just call it a confidence gap sometimes that we feel as solo podcasters that you know oh I don't want to reach out to this you know company or designer or I don't want to have this event what if it fails and what if no one comes but because there are two of them they can feed off of each other's energy one of them can be the point of contact for all of these things that are within their wheelhouse that they're great at and the other one can be like you know going out and bird dogging the deal and trying to set things up. And it's just, it's a really good way to leverage those co-hosting duties that you have because not only do you get more done faster, but you don't let yourself get in your head because somebody else is over there going, hey, we can do this, we got this, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna do this and we're gonna make this happen. And we'll just keep marketing it until it does. And that's what they did. So very, very exciting to see them carry this out and them by the time they hit their 16th episode that was the weekend where they had their first live event and that was when they first earned their podcast money so many more to come we've got a lot of case studies and examples that um, we're working on right now with people to monetize their podcast and get them making that money and you know what the key is the key here is number one Not being afraid to put something out there, not being afraid and not letting your own money blocks or your own other things keep you from taking action. The other key is they took action on every single thing that was suggested. They didn't look and go, oh, well, we can't do this yet because we don't have a website. They're like, bump that. Who needs a website? Let's make this happen without it. And I told you in an episode a couple weeks ago how to essentially make money within 30 days with no website And they are an example of people that have done that. The other thing that they did is they began reaching out and networking within their niche. They began using their community and using their network and they were putting things out there. And these ladies, I'll tell you, we do the production for their podcast and for their launch episodes and that sort of thing. And whenever I assigned their launch episode shows and these interviews that they were doing. I've never had this happen before, but in our production team, we have uh, certain people are responsible for like editing the show and certain people are responsible for like writing the show notes. And so these people have roles that are consistent within whatever podcast they're assigned to. Like they're always going to write show notes or they're always going to be an audio editor or they're always going to be an audio engineer or something like that. So when I assign the show out independently, without knowing the other person did it, both of the team members that were assigned that actually with the show notes and the audio editing, both of those team members had to listen through the entire show completely. Both of them came back to me and gave independent feedback and said, oh, my gosh, this is a really fun show. This this was a lot of fun to work on and they made it entertaining and they just have those kind of personalities. And so it's it's great to see people like that be successful. And sometimes if you have a good situation where you have a good friend or a good Match for you or counterbalance to you, it might be okay to do a co hosted situation with a podcast. I'll tell you, some of our most successful shows are co hosted. But I've also seen that go off the rails a time or two as well. And that can be the death knell in the (laughs) in the coffin of a podcast, too, if that goes goes awry. So it's not that that's a formula that has to be followed for winning, but it can work out to uh, the advantage of the podcasters to do that. So the lessons you can take from it are. Don't let things stop you. Don't let things be a hindrance to you. I will tell you this. We set up for them a free MailChimp account. Now, I, I don't haven't used MailChimp in a lot of years, but it's it's still one of the best free email services out there. And up until they grow their list significantly, it'll be fine for what they're doing, you know? And then at that point in time, when they might have a website, they might have other things, and we can get them a long-term solution. We just put as much in place that could be utilized right now for as spending as little money or time delay as possible to get them up and running. And so now they have the Eventbrite stuff they can duplicate for their next event. They've got the MailChimp stuff that they're marketing to their people. They're still constantly, their call to action for their podcast is simply join our Facebook group because that's what we want every listener to join the fun in the Facebook group. And they're awesome in their Facebook group because they're there. There's like I say, there's two of them. So they're able to, you know, take turns posting and, you know, getting getting the um, engagement stuff uh, with the group done. And so it just it's worked out really well. So just wanted to share this case study with you and um, just, you know, revel in how proud I am that 16 episodes in, they were able to earn their first podcast dollars. And so if you're beyond 16 episodes in. They didn't have any unusual leverage that you don't have. They didn't have any unusual marketing skills or skill set or anything else that you don't have. They are just two normal people who work normal jobs and have normal families that have been friends for a really long time and said, you know what, let's do this thing together. And they did it. And now they're reaping the rewards and they've got it set up so they can just keep doing that. And sometimes, you know, the goal is, like, if you have something you like to do, for them, it was advent like travel and adventure. They love doing that. And if you can use your podcast or set it up so that essentially... All your travel and adventure and expenses and that sort of thing now become a business expense. But sometimes yours also now gets paid for because now instead of just you guys coming, you bring you and 50 of your closest friends, listeners, audience members or whatever and essentially, you don't end up paying for having to do something like that, like having to, to be, you know, paying your individual piece of the cost of that adventure, because you get yours free because you coordinated the event at the location. So there's a lot of advantages to doing stuff like this. And so this would work for a lot of podcasts that are not necessarily a teaching a specific skill type podcast or even a business type podcast this would work for a lot of adventures and a lot of um, you know more fun and entertaining type shows and and this model I've also used in another, podcaster we did and the podcaster took a group and made it like her group took off like crazy and within nine months she had a Facebook group that had like you know 40 something thousand people in it and again high identity was what got them there so they called it out and now that group that she has is also one that a lot of advertisers want to get in front of so she's now again coordinating trips and travel and all this kind of stuff and she gets a commission on every single person in her audience that now uses the resources she's partnered with because they get better deals because she's partnered with the travel agency and she gets a commission on every referral that she sends to them so there's a lot of ways if you can just get out of your head and you can just begin getting uh, real about what are we going to do to get monetization, you can begin knocking some of these down. So if you want more help with monetization, you know, I do a challenge every month talking about uh, building your offers for your podcast and getting it monetized. It's the the map to monetization. And we are doing it again and just finished up one last week. We'll have another one in another couple weeks. If you want to do the next one, it's a five day challenge, simply go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge i'd love to see you there Uh, we'll get you all laid out and get your pathway sort of charted in front of you and then you just have to sort of take those steps and follow through so teampodcast.com forward slash challenge i hope to see you in the next one and uh you know i can't wait to share more monetization success stories with you hope you have an awesome day Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. We're not advertising for Facebook anymore because we're pulling all of our communities off of Facebook. So if you want to come join the real community of people who are looking to monetize their podcast, podcast success go to podcastsuccesshub.com and i'll see you there because i'm not gonna be on facebook you guys have an awesome one before you go, I just wanted to remind you about the challenge. It's starting very soon. Please make sure you don't miss a challenge because this is the time when you can really learn how to craft a high value offer for your audience that they will honestly feel stupid saying no to. So join me for the Podcast Profit Challenge. It's coming up very, very soon. You can find out all the details for it. It's free to join. You have no excuses not to join and even if you say well christy i can't make it on the certain time of day whenever the um, challenge is we have recordings of them and you can listen to every single one of them even if it's not where you can join us live so teampodcast.com forward slash challenge go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge and i can't wait to see you there